Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I was sitting on the tailgate of a pickup truck in Kainosa, Texas, in front of a small little camper trailer that I lived in. It was the coolest camper trailer you've ever seen because it had a fake wall on the front. Looked like an old saloon out of Terlingua or something like that. I mean, it was cool. It was just a fake wall. It just had a cutout where the windows and the door was and everything. Had a big old porch, like a little cantina or something like that. It, it was it was just cool. And you know what, guys? I am not one. I think that home is is where God leads you and where your heart is. And our home is Colorado now. But I tell you what, one thing that I do miss is Kinosa, Texas. wasn't much to look at, but the sunsets were just as gorgeous as as they come. I mean, just a billion colors and everything. And this was long before uh, I knew my bride. And um, I, I wish she would have come a long way back then. Would have saved me a lot of heartache. Um, but she didn't. And so I was sitting on the tailgate of a truck with a girl that I was dating. And we were sitting there watching the sun go down in the west. You have to imagine the Davis Mountains are off on the horizon. And, and there, was a, there was a place not too far from it. It's called Blue Ridge. And, and it, it, when the sun was setting, I mean, it did. It just turned those mountains blue. It wasn't, of course, they wasn't mountains like Colorado has mountains. These were more like, you know, pimples. But um, anyway, they were mountains to us. And so... Uh, Anyway, we're sitting there, and you, you ever notice how time just seems to creep by, except whenever there's a sunset. And I mean, when that sun hits the horizon, it, ju- it just looks like it falls out of the sky. So we were sitting there. It was a magic moment. And I said, you know, you never realize just how fast the earth turns until you watch a sunset. She said, what? <laughs> and I said, you just don't realize, you know, how fast the earth turns and, until you watch a sunset. I thought I'd already said that, but I said it again. And she's like, who are you talking about? And so I kind of giggled, and I was like, you know, earth turns. That's what kind of makes the sun move across the, the sky, you know, like the third grade, you know, science. Yeah, I can see Sunny Oker back there. She's twitching just that somebody would think that, you know. And she looked at me, and she's like, well, not everybody can be as smart as you. I am not bragging. I am not saying that this is right. I broke up with her right at that moment. I'm dead serious. I said, we're done. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, I mean just what I just said. I ain't doing this no more. If you don't know that the sun traveling across the sky, I got to have some intelligent conversation. She's like, well, you just think you're all smart and stuff. And she left, and I never saw her again. <laughs> you know, it was kind of weird. So anyway, me and Christy, were, we, were, we were driving down the I don't remember if we were driving down the road or if we were at the restaurant, but it was me and Christy and Griffin. And I think we were at the restaurant, and, and Griffin said, Dad, and the Olympics were on the TV. And he was asking me a question about the Olympics. And uh, so anyway, he was like, Dad, you know, how do they blah, blah, He asked me some question. I looked at, I looked at him and I said, well, son, I, you know, I just don't know a lot about that. Christy spit Dr. Pepper everywhere. She's like, write that down. Write that down, Griffin. You will never hear that man say that in his life again. Him saying, well, I don't know much about that. And I told her, I said, well, you know, you have to understand, sweetheart. When I say I don't know much about that, I still know more than like 99% of the people out there. Okay? It just comes with the territory. It just comes with the territory. You know, we, 
we look around at, at, at a biblical concept called wisdom. And you know, I, I think that even as a pastor, I, I still struggle with just what exactly is wisdom? Does it mean that, that you know a lot about something? Is that the standard by which we measure wisdom? Uh, does it mean that, that you're smart? Because, uh, I mean, I've got an uncle that teaches like, you know, atomic, sociological, pathological, engineering, demographics or something like that. That man can't get himself out of a closet. Okay? I mean, he's smart as can be, ain't got no common sense whatsoever. So, so does wisdom mean that you're smart? Does, does wisdom mean that you're always right? You know, I, I put a picture, a lot of y'all probably saw it on Facebook yesterday, and, and I said that being correct is the smallest part of wisdom. You know, just because you're wise doesn't mean that you're always right or that you, you know, I mean, there's just, there's a lot more encompassing wisdom. So today we're going to talk about that very thing. In James chapter 3, starting in verse 13, James, that's why they called it James. That's what we're going to study today. That was funny. <laughs> James, the book of James. It was James the author. Ah, thank you, Rudy. That's my boy right there. James chapter 3. James tells us that there are two kinds of wisdom. Two kinds of wisdom. Let's read in James chapter 3, verse 13. <laughs> and I love this question right here. The Bible starts out with a question. Are there people among you who are wise and understanding? I wonder, are there people among us right now that are wise and understanding? Well, if you think that you're one of them or you're thinking about somebody in particular, whew, you're not, some of you may not like what James says next. He says, they are to prove it by their good lives, by their good deeds performed with humility and wisdom. Whew. You know, we talked about judgment last week. Everybody, oh, you can't judge them. Well, you know what? You can judge the wise right here because it says, are there people among you who are wise and understanding? They are to prove it by their good lives, by their good deeds performed with humility and wisdom. Wow. But in your heart, but if, but if in your heart you are jealous, bitter, and selfish, do not sin against the truth by boasting about your wisdom. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It belongs to the world. It is unspiritual and even demonic. Where there is jealousy and selfishness, there is also disorder of every kind of evil. So James is telling us that there are actually two kinds of wisdom. The first kind of wisdom is uh, that James talks about. The Bible says that they are to walk and prove it by good lives and good deeds. We're talking about godly wisdom here. Godly wisdom is represented by good lives and good deeds performed with humility. But not just the performance of these things, but with humility. And you know what? Isn't that the battle that we all go through? I mean, think about this. What is humility? Does humility mean cow? And, and I don't mean cow as in cattle. I know Shane Goss is here. He hates the word cow, so I use cattle now. And... um Get with me later if you want to know that joke. And anyway, I'm talking about, you know how Riley has a knack for finding dumb dogs. They are the best dogs we have, but dumb? Oh my gosh. And, and we had this dog named Holly. She was a blue healer. And I never laid a hand on this dog, not one time. And this dog would come in front of you and lay down and just stick her tail between her legs like you just beat the snot out of her all the time. That is not humility. Okay? Humility does not mean to lay down in front of somebody and pee all over the place with your tail stuck between your legs. That's not what humility is. That's cowering. Humility is actually the exact opposite of that, of being able to do something with strength and power. The second kind of wisdom that James talks about 
is earthly wisdom. But if in your heart, did you notice that what James said right there? With the godly wisdom, he was talking about, you know, you must prove it by the good lives and by their good deeds performed with humility and wisdom. But when he's talking about earthly wisdom, he says, but if in your heart you are jealous, bitter, selfish, and boast about your wisdom, that is not the kind of wisdom that comes from God. It is not filled with jealousy, bitterness, selfishness, or boasting. James says that this is earthly wisdom, and I mean, he goes as far as to put labels on it. He said this belongs to the world, it is unspiritual, and even demonic. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> And that's what I like about James. James is one of my favorite books in the Bible. But, you know, I got accused of being blasphemous when I said this. But, you know, I'm not saying that James went out and saddled his horse with a wade saddle with the big horn and had him a 60-foot rope. When I say that James was a cowboy, I'm talking about who he was inside. James just told it like it was, man. He didn't banter. He wasn't going to argue with you. He was going to pull both triggers just boom. Hit you with the truth. And he says it right there. He says that earthly wisdom and stuff like jealousy and bitterness and selfishness and boasting belong to the world. They're unspiritual and even demonic. Jealousy, selfishness, and disorder mark the effects of earthly wisdom. The only thing I want you to remember about those two things is that there are two types of wisdom. And you can't have both at the same time. So you can be wise by the ways of the world, but that doesn't mean that you're wise in the ways of God. It's kind of like horse training. You'll know the good stuff by good horses that do good things and a trainer who is humble. Have you ever seen that guy that, uh, that tells you how great a horse trainer is and how many horses he started and everything every time you see him? And it's not just guys, it's girls too. But, I mean, you meet them and within the first six and a half milliseconds, they're like, yeah, I'm a horse trainer. I mean, I know some great horse trainers that you would never know it because they don't walk around bragging about what they do. They just are who they are. You'll know it by the good stuff, by good horses that do good things and a trainer who is humble, or you will know it by jealousy, bitterness, and selfishness, and lots of boasting about how good a trainer is and how many horses they've trained. Which wisdom are you looking for? Which wisdom do you have? Are you, are you, way, are you wise in the ways of the world? I'm glad I got that out. That sounded like a tongue twister. The good news is that anyone can learn to be a horse trainer. And what I mean by that is anybody can learn how to be wise in the eyes of God. And we're, that's what we're going to talk about today. James 3.17, this is where the ver this is the verse that we'll be in the whole time. But the wisdom from above is pure, first of all. It is also peaceful, gentle, and friendly. It is full of compassion and produces a harvest of good deeds. It is free from prejudice and hypocrisy. The Bible just told you what wisdom was, godly wisdom. I'll read it again. It is pure, first of all. It is also peaceful, gentle, and friendly. It is full of compassion and produces a harvest of good deeds. It is free from prejudice and hypocrisy. Was there anything in there about knowing everything? No. Did it? Was there anything in there about knowing what to do in every single situation? No, there wasn't. Was there anything in there about being right all the time? No, there wasn't. So do we have an accurate understanding of exactly what wisdom is? I don't think so. So let's learn. James just listed five things that are the mark of godly wisdom. And when I leave, when y'all leave here today, I don't want you to have just been able to tell somebody, oh, it was a great sermon. He kind of made fun of horse trainers and, you know, some of them. And, you know, uh, he told a story about the earth. And no, this is the part that I want you to remember. And I don't want you just to remember it. I want you to take it home and practice it. I want you to do something with your life. 
I want you to be transformed. If you're out there and you're hurting or you're struggling or you don't know the way, whatever your situation, what I'm fixing to tell you didn't come from me. It came from God. And there is where wisdom and truth come from. First thing he said, pure. This wisdom doesn't come from human views. How many times do we think that? Oh, man, he must be smart. He knows how to you know, get a horse from throwing his head. <laughs> Speaking to that, Ralph, one time. I'm not saying that this is right. I'm just going to tell you what happened. I was on a horse, and this horse just, I mean, you could be completely out of his mouth, and he'd sit there and just pop his head, pop his head, pop his head, all the time, just like this. And so, I, you know, I didn't know if the bridle was messing with him or what. And Ralph said, I'll fix that. And he went in the tack room, and he come back out with a nut about this big and a piece of hay string, and he tied it right here. And the horse just stood there real easy-like, let him do it. And then he said, well, ride him and see what happens. And the first time he went like that, that nut went and hit him right there, sounded like a gong went off, and the first thing that happened is I landed on my head. I thought that was a really wise idea. Ralph said, crap, that didn't work, did it? I never wanted to try that out myself, but now we know. I lived with that. I lived with that. But wisdom doesn't come from human views. That was a human view. And now we know that Ralph was not human. (laughs) Or all human, one of the two. And it doesn't come, wisdom that comes from above, pure wisdom, doesn't have to do with human views or social etiquette. You know how many things are are just a result of our culture today? You know, I mean, and 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 I'm I'm just going to throw this out there, and I know it'll wrinkle some feathers, and I'm not I'm not telling you anything. I'm just showing you, you know what the the one that wrinkles everybody's skin is. You know how about that that verse that says wives submit to your husbands? Everybody's like, you know, even my wife, she's like, I don't like that. She's not against the biblical concept, but she just doesn't like the wording. Well, back then it wasn't as big a deal as it is today, but there's lots of things that are, are a result of our culture. The wisdom that is pure doesn't come from human views or social etiquette. And it doesn't even come from church culture. We are helping start cowboy churches all over the United States, and we've got one right now, the Cowboy Church of Caldwell County, where I will be Tuesday night uh, in Lockhart, Texas. And um, they are they have joined Save the Cowboy. I mean, they, they identify with the way we do things. We're teaching them how we do things. And you know what? Whenever I talk to people... A lot of people have wanted to join Save the Cowboy. And you know, usually when I lose them, when I said we try to get rid of church culture, and they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, just for example, we don't have music every Sunday. (gasps) You don't have worship? I said, no, I beg to differ. Since when did worship mean singing songs? Are we not worshiping God right now together? Absolutely we are. But that's church culture. I mean songs and stuff. I mean, do you really think that Jesus said, turn in your hymns to how great thou I am? (laughs) On page 275, you know, Madge, will you please start us off? (laughs) It didn't happen back then. That's church culture. not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but that's church culture. We're looking for biblical stuff, truth from God, not church culture, not human views or social etiquette. Wisdom that is pure is when it is done just how God says to do it. If it is pure, it has to come from God. How do we know what comes from God? How do we know? Is it this little funny feeling inside of all? Oh, must be God. I'm getting a little tickle. No, probably not. (laughs) Or you're, you're filling up 
Oh, wait, that was me last night after Christie's Beans. <laughs> that was bad. She told me to go fart in the toilet. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We're going to talk about pure right now. What I'm saying is it's not a feeling. We have to, we have to get it from God, not from within ourselves. Pure wisdom comes from God, not from within. Best place to know how to do this is to read your Bibles. You want to know how God says to do something? Read your Bibles. It is plumb full of everything of how to live your lives and how to make decisions and how to treat other people and what to think about yourself and what to know that what God has promised you. It's full of everything. And most people treat it like a, you know, like an engineering book or something. I don't understand that. Well, have you read much of it? I tried. No, oh, man, read that thing. If you want to know what God wants from you, what He says, how He says to do things, read the Word, man. It is the most ill-often or non-often used greatest tool that we have, the Word of God. If you don't know what to think about something, go see what God has to say about it. He's the only one that knows the truth. Pray about anything and everything. Pray. I mean, what? I, I hate that. Well, now all we got to do is pray. We should have been praying about it from the very beginning. Why do we have to wait till the last minute to pray? You want pure wisdom? It's got to come from God. And if you want to get it, you've got to read the Word, you've got to pray, and you've got to always choose God's way. It just irks me, and I want to slap somebody in love when the Bible flat out plainly says one thing, and somebody goes, well, you know, I don't believe that. <laughs> Give a crud what you believe. What you think you believe. You know, we have successfully created God in our image when He thinks and acts and does everything like we want Him to. You know? People say, oh, I don't create idols. Yeah, we do. We do it all the time. Well, I think God wants me to do this because it would really benefit me. Most of the time that doesn't happen. Wisdom is pure. It is peaceful. The wisdom, this wisdom, peaceful, I want you to understand something. Listen to me close. When I say that this wisdom is peaceful, it isn't peacekeeping, it is peacemaking. There is, they sit right next to each other, but so does East and West, okay? Peacekeepers will walk around on eggshells and apologize for everything while inside they harbor resentment and spite. Are you a peacekeeper? Do you walk around on eggshells making sure that nobody gets mad about anything, but inside you're just like, rawr, rawr, I wish they would do this. That's peacekeeping, that is not peacemaking. Peace. Keeping is not a quality of God. Peacemaking is. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. Peacemakers, on the other hand, are committed to truth, love, honesty, and most of all, prayerful about things before and after. A peacemaker will tell you the truth whether you like it or not, but not the truth according to them, the truth according to God's Word that they have already prayed about before and after. There's a difference. When I say you need to speak the truth, I'm not talking about the truth as you see it. I'm talking about the truth that is pure, the truth that comes from God. Do you want wisdom that comes from God, that is, that is full of uh, peaceful, gentle, friendly, and full of compassion, produces a harvest of good deeds, and is free from prejudice and hypocrisy? It's got to be peaceful. And you know what? Talking about peacemaking, one of the greatest things about peacemaking is that you got to have good boundaries. You, I mean, good fences make good neighbors, right? Good boundaries are absolutely essential for peacemaking. You got to learn how to love everyone, not just your friends. 
I mean, it's easy to love the people we like, isn't it? You're easy to love on right there. But you know what Jesus says about that? He said, why should God reward you if you only love only the people who love you? Even the tax collectors do that. And if you speak only to your friends, have you done anything out of the ordinary? Even the pagans do that. You must be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. you got to have good boundaries and you got to learn how to love everyone, not just your friends. But we just surround ourselves with the people that are like us and think like us and dress like us and everything like that. <laughs> Jesus himself, himself said, why should God reward you if you only love the people who love you? You ain't doing nothing special. That's what I love about Jesus, man. He was straight cowboy to the point. He didn't mince words. He wasn't trying to be ugly. He knew the truth because he was God. Why should I reward you if you only love the people who love you? You want to be a peacemaker instead of a peacekeeper? you got to have good boundaries and you got to learn to love everyone, not just the people that are nice to you and love you back. you got to be truthful to everyone. And you know who that starts with? The person that you watch brush their teeth in the morning in the mirror. At least I'm hoping you brush your teeth. I know it was serious when Griffin went to the dance the other night because he brushed his teeth before he went. Good boy. Good boy. Be truthful to everyone, starting with yourself. You want to be a peacemaker with good boundaries? That's the way to do it. Learn how to love everyone, not just your friends. Be truthful to everyone, starting with yourself. And only God can decide the truth, not how you feel at the moment. Most people are run by their emotions. Well, I feel this. I mean, if it's a great day, then everybody ought to be in a good mood, right? They walk around like, oh, turn that frown upside down, and you want to ninja kick them, right? But that, I mean, don't emotions rule most everybody? If they like it, oh, it's the best thing in the world. And if they don't like it, blasphemous. Run a ministry with 40,000 people and see if you don't get criticized. <laughs> Only God can decide the truth, not how we feel about something or what I believe. Go see what God believes, and then you can find the truth. Good boundary? Learn how to love everyone, not just your friends. Be truthful with everyone, speaking God's truth, not the way you feel about it. And the last one, quit feeling sorry for yourself. You can't love others if you're feeling sorry for yourself. Can't happen. It's not going to happen. Be pure. Wisdom is pure. It comes from God, not what we think, not how we react, not from human views. It's peaceful with good boundaries. It's peacemaking, not peacekeeping. It is gentle. Gentleness is the greatest display of true strength, not of might, but of character. Let me read that again. Gentleness is the greatest display, men, Gentleness is the greatest display of true strength, not of might, but of character. Go talk to, to Charlie or Shane or Dave or Sue or Ty or Sean or, or anybody in here that's got cattle. Watch a cowboy pull a calf. Sometimes you have to get out the chains, and I mean, you have to use a lot of might, but it's done with gentleness in, in trying to keep something alive and nurture it. It's not the amount or the lack of force. It's the effort with which it is given. Gentleness. Why can't we treat people with gentleness? And sometimes that gentleness is rough. You just use the amount to get the job done. Everybody is hurting, and we need to administer love using only the amount of force necessary. There's a story by Barry Clower, and I am showing my age now if you know who Barry Clower is. And he talks about a, a guy with a, with a cattle wagon, bull wagon driving down the road, and he's got it full of cattle, and he, and he tips over and spills the cattle everywhere. And I mean, there's cattle hurting everywhere. And a state trooper pulls up, and he walks out, and the guy 
laying out in the middle of the road, and he's got a broken leg, and he thinks the trooper's going to help him, and the trooper walks up, and he says, hey, what happened here? He said, we had a wreck. He said, I can see that. What's the matter with that cow over there? Cowboy looked over there and said, she's got a broken leg. Cop pulled out a big old 44 Magnum and boom, shot it in the head. He said, well, what's the matter with that cow over there? She said, well, it looks like she's got a broken leg too. He walked over there, boom, shot it. He walked over there and he said, what's the matter with you? And he said, not a dadgum thing. <laughs> but isn't that how we love others? We just administer, you know, we think we're doing it in love, and we just shoot people with our harshness. We just ride, jump on people. we got to learn to be gentle. You want to learn how to be wise? Be pure, be peaceful, and be gentle. The third thing, or the fourth thing, friendly. Listen to this. It hurts a man nothing to be friendly to kittens and alligators. you just got to know where you can put your hands. Right? It hurts a man nothing to be friendly. It seriously does you no harm whatsoever just to be friendly. And that is something in today's society that is lacking. I'm not saying that you got to go and hug people all the time or stop and make 42 hours of conversation, but just, just be friendly. Give somebody a smile. Listen up. This is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. You want to hear the most exciting news since the invention of toilet paper? Save the Cowboy wants to start a church in your area. We have a new program called Save the Cowboy Line Camps, and if you've been wishing that there was a Save the Cowboy in your area, then God is probably laying it on your heart to help me start one. Just go to savethecowboy.com and you can email me for more information. Come on, cowboys and cowgirls. Let's all do our part in this gathering. This program was brought to you in its entirety due to the generous donation of Western LLC. They are a turnkey development company for the oil and gas and aviation industry. If you need it built to put something in, there ain't a better Christian value company to call on than them. Visit them at westernllc.com.